Welcome to Where the Lotus Grows, Getting Dirty and Growing Strong with Kimberly Searle and Tanya Drew. As integrative sustainable movement educators and health advocates, our goal is to provide you with evidence-based information gathered from research, experts in the field, and our personal and professional experience to help you advocate for your own health and wellness. Our mission is to collaboratively navigate the thick, muddy waters of life to empower, accept, and cultivate our most authentic selves. Welcome to Where the Lotus Grows. Today's episode, Shit Can Get Real. How to cope with grace and find acceptance when you don't. (laughs) This is going to be our most uh, potty mouth episode so far, but um, let's face it, shit happens. It happens all the time to each and every one of us, and we are often drawn towards different coping mechanisms that maybe aren't so healthy, like pretending that we've all got it figured out, even though we don't. Thinking that everyone else but us has it figured out and beating ourselves up over it. Maybe we curate our public image to appear as though we have it all together when we're secretly falling apart. Or maybe, this one's my husband's favorite, stick your head in the sand and try to ignore it all. So how can we be more authentically open about our shit as we handle it? And how can we be more accepting of ourselves and others when coping isn't as easy or as graceful as we'd like it to be? (laughs) So I have to be honest, Tanya. You know, when we were planning out our podcast, the first thing Tanya and I did was come up with our titles or themes. I saw this and I thought, oh boy. Yeah, and, this was uh, mine. <laughs> then as I read your show notes, I was thinking about, you know, what I wanted to talk about and my stomach started to get queasy. This whole podcast process really has been a lesson of vulnerability for me. Me too. <laughs> <laughs> I believe for years that when we share, you know, vulnerability with others, it's a language that we can all understand. However, it doesn't mean that it gets any easier for me to share right. vulnerability with others. This is a first for me to share on such a large scale because I struggle with not comparing my failures to everyone else's highlight reel. When we have social media that's so prevalent, you know, it's become increasingly more difficult for me not to do that. But yet when I am meditating or I have my moments of silence every day, I keep getting this nagging phrase of reach more people, pick the option that reaches more people. You know, podcast kind of does that. Right. No, definitely. (laughs) Well, and you said that the more that you are vulnerable, then it kind of frees you up. Well, how much more vulnerable can you get (laughs) than however many, the 12 people that listen to this podcast? (laughs) (laughs) I'm just kidding. I totally agree. This is putting it on a a big scale. Yeah. I mean, we're we're picking an option that serves the most people and And as we do this, not only is it a lesson for vulnerability for us, but it's also kind of reintegrating everything that we've learned and getting us to know it on a different information level, on a different intellectual level. Sure. Well, and I'd hope that what our listeners get out of this is, you know, kind of what I get out of other podcasts where I feel like the um, host or the guest is allowing themselves to be vulnerable and kind of sharing I think you get just as much out of it 
listening to others. So my hope would be not only is this great for us to put it out there, but hopefully somebody out there is inspired by our being vulnerable to maybe open up and be a little more vulnerable themselves. For me, it's giving myself the courage to take the mask off. Mm -hmm. And that means permission to fail and to build connection with others. And I know that you're a Brene Brown lover like I am. Mm -hmm. And I had met her at a leadership summit. Her first book she wrote didn't go quite as well, but her second book that she wrote, you know, became a big seller. And I think it was maybe Dare Greatly was her second book. Dare Greatly, yeah, I think so. Yeah, couldn't really remember. But in listening to her and reading that book, because I I would go to the leadership conference and then I, I take two weeks off every summer. And so I was on my summer holiday reading it. And that book really gave me permission to look at shame, guilt, and blame and to free myself from it. And I think in her... One of her latest books, uh, she was talking about this reckoning. It might be nagging at you in your 20s or 30s, but at some point in your 30s, 40s, 50s, maybe in your 60s, at some point you'll have this reckoning where you have to come to terms with your emotional closet and kind of clean it out. And for me, my 40s have been my reckoning period. Nice. That's good. And that's the the point of this topic, right? Mm -hmm. So shit gets real. Shit really, it happens. It's better to, like you said, clean out the emotional closet, maybe share or be vulnerable than it is to pretend that it's not happening. I think maybe that's what we might maybe do in our 20s more, maybe into our 30s is kind of pretend it's not happening or or shove it away because I really think that it takes that time to process. That's when we learn to deal with things with grace. Mm -hmm. Finding grace is allowing yourself to be vulnerable, mm-hmm. allowing yourself to feel the feelings, allowing yourself to do like, this is shit. <laughs> <laughs> so I wanted to talk about like different ways to deal with that. And the number one thing is sitting with your emotions. I think our society in particular, although I'm sure many cultures and societies share this, that it's somehow more noble to shove those feelings down or to not sit with them or to ignore them or to change them. So I can't be sad, I can be angry (laughs) because it's more masculine or it's more noble, it's more stoic. Mm -hmm. Or I can't be sad, I can't be disappointed, maybe because of somebody else's expectations. You know, I have to be strong or appear to be strong. The opposite of that is then I will appear weak and I don't want to appear weak to someone. I come from a Native American, Hungarian, German background. Ah, and uh, Lots of pride there. Yeah, lots of pride, <laughs> lots of stoicness. Mm-hmm. And, you know, my parents would give me a timestamp. I could feel however I wanted, but in two weeks I had to be over it. Oh. And I needed to move on. And now that I'm in my 40s, you know, I'm trying to learn to make space for the emotion and let it be there for as long as it needs to be. Sure. Kudos to them, though, for at least letting you feel it and telling you that it was at least valid enough to feel. I don't know about the timestamp thing. I don't think that's very fair, but it probably progressive for them. Right. (laughs) So be like, no, you can't have these feelings. You just have to get over it. But sitting with emotions is big. It is big, but I think, you know, the more that I can have the courage to sit with my emotions, 
it frees up a lot of space. I feel lighter. Things are more accepting. There seems to be more space around it. And I see that you wanted to talk about rain. And I remember when I first learned that technique from Tara Brock, I did I wasn't really into that. It was difficult even was. to digest when we yeah. talked about it. So I'm probably going to mess this up because, yeah, I need your help because I didn't put this in my notes. But you have to recognize the emotion, right? Then you're aware. Uh-huh. Is that what it is? Oh, I'm forgetting <laughs> what the last one was. Uh, we'll, we'll in- integrate. Integrate it. So you're integrating the feeling. And then you're not connected with it. Like you're not taking it personally. Right? That's like a not the last part of rain. We'll find it. Um, <laughs> I wasn't quite as prepared for that as I thought it was going to be. But that mindfulness practice of recognizing, acknowledging, integrating. And I want to say before we move kind of forward into that, the other thing that I wanted to say was sitting with emotions. We've talked a lot about negative emotions, and I think that that's when shit gets real, mm-hmm. what what we focus on a lot. But I also wanted to make sure that we inserted maybe the guilt that we feel for being happy, too. So when something good happens, I think it is really important that, you know, something great happens. You should be able to sit with that, too. And I think sometimes we... There's like a guilt associated with, well, you can't be too happy. Don't be too happy. There's people out there that don't have it as good as you. So really, you should suppress, tone it down. Yeah. <laughs> don't be too proud, too happy, too whatever. Mm-hmm. So when it comes to a positive emotion, I think it's just as important to sit with those feelings. And well, anyway, back if, to the... If we go back to the rain, which yeah. is what you're saying, yeah. is you recognize what's happening. You were happy. Yes. Right. And then you allow life to just be as it is. Sure. So it's the allowing. You know, so just allow yourself I to said, have that but space. It's allowing. And then investigate your inner experience. So mm-hmm. what are your judgments that might come up with being happy? Right. You know, what is that self-talk happening? And then and non-identification. Right. You're not attached to it or you're not identified by Mm -hmm. it. It doesn't define you. Mm -hmm. So whether it's your happiness or your sadness, you're not letting it define you. And I think that's a really great technique. But you're right. When we first sat with it and it was like, oh, you want me to recognize and internalize? And then, well, that's not good. I don't don't like that. I have to (laughs) sit here with this feeling. Like even for us... um, advanced practitioners who had come in already having done so much work. It was interesting to the resistance, I think. Well, you know, when I first started my yoga practice, you know, I thought it was all about being in the positive, being in the happy, and I was just going to live there. I did my work. I'd live there 100% of the time. Right. And for me to do some of the meditation techniques that go in and explore the darkness and explore some of the things, I was like, oh, this is yucky. I don't really want to be there. Mm -hmm. But really, you know, it's about shining light into that darkness and finding the balance between light and dark. And yeah. as, as I continue to progress in my own personal practice, the more comfortable I begin to become with that. Yeah. Because I mean, we all have parts of ourselves that are in the shadows, mm-hmm. you know, I think that's a Jungian thing, the shadow work that you do, but there's parts that we don't want to recognize and back to emotions and dealing with when shit gets real, another step that you can take or tools for success is to just take a time out. So you can use the rain technique if that works for you, if that doesn't resonate with you, just taking a time out and say, okay, I'm feeling this. What does that mean to me? 
you know, or yeah, it's okay. Things really suck right now. You can flip that. You can find your positive affirmation to go along with that, that kind of thing. But just taking the time out and stepping away, mm-hmm. I think is the first step to dealing with it. And then finding a personal practice. Mm-hmm. I was going to ask you, you were talking yeah. about mantra. Do you have a particular mantra that you're working with right now? Most recently, what in this moment is lacking? In this moment, like if I really stop and I think about it, is there anything that I'm missing? If I'm not hungry and I don't have to use the restroom and I don't have to like, you know, sleep, I'm not exhausted. Like really, I'm not lacking in anything. So in this moment, right here, right now, kind of look down at my feet. Am I lacking anything? Am I missing something? And usually the answer is no. And I can be like, okay, so all of my basic needs are being met at this current moment. So how can I move from there? That's one of my favorites when I feel a little anxious or a little worried about something. Then I have to back it way up and be like, okay, but in this moment? (laughs) So that's a a statement that you use to ground yourself. Yeah. How about you? Lately, I've been working with um, when I'm centered in my being, I face life's transitions as opportunities. Hmm. So again, it reminds me to come back to my center of myself. Sure. I'm facing positively. So mantra is part of personal practice. I mean, it can be really simple. It can, you know, be just a st- an I am statement. Mm-hmm. Or it can be really specific. Like yours was. That's like really. Yeah, the little, I, I write them out on little note cards and I put them at the top of my mat and they'll change frequently. Once one's kind of ingrained in my mind and I can go back to it, then, you know, I might choose to change it out. And sure. I'll take some check in moments to come back to my mantra or my intention for my practice. I like that. Personal practice can include yoga, an asana practice, uh, meditation art, writing, any sort of creative outlet that can allow you to, you know, you're sitting with the emotion. When shit gets real, what do you do to process? And so whether it's physical activity or an emotional or spiritual practice. Mm -hmm. I'm not a real big fan of the word ritual, Mm -hmm. but I do have them. Sure. Right. Because they become my, my routines, but For me, when I get up in the morning, I have a 15-minute just sit with stillness and a daily read. And at night, I like to come home and do a headstand practice, take a charcoal shower. Mm -hmm. You know, I do talk therapy. I I like to have my two cups of tea in the morning after I sit. And throughout the day, I do some twists and some backbends. So I have these little mini yoga capsules Mm -hmm. that I do throughout the day to support myself. Little pieces. Yeah, I like that you mentioned shower. Shower is one for me that like when shit gets real, Mm -hmm. take a shower, literally wash that shit off. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like let it wash and go down the drain. Exactly. (laughs) 
And I also think, you know, the shower can be really powerful if you can go in with that mindset that that's what you're going to want to do. Because if you don't, how many times have you gotten in the shower? And that's where you're like replaying the conversation of what you should have said and how you should have said it to the person that so it can be negative. And I really like the idea of going into the shower with like a positive. I'm going to get rid of this. I'm going to let this go. And I also think when you do that, don't, don't you get some really great ideas in the shower sometimes? Oh, yeah. It's because my, you're not distracted. My clients laugh because I'm like, well, I, I woke up or I was in the shower or I was over here. And they're like, <laughs> right. what? But those are when those moments come to you. Right? No, absolutely. So importantly, keep it kind and compassionate for yourself. When shit gets real, when you're just like pulling your hair out because multiple things, all the things pile up at once or, you know. You're just having one of those days. Shit show is what we like to call it around here. (laughs) Then, you know, how can you take that and then turn it around and be kind and compassionate to yourself and to the situation? If the kids and the dog and the boss and all of those things are coming at you all at once, kind and compassionate to yourself, turn it around, kind and compassionate to them. And finally, you know, accepting only what you can control and relinquish the controls of the things you can't. So really, um, this is a practice in detachment, which I personally, having gone through some things where I've had to detach, I'm like, oh, this isn't shared enough. This isn't talked about enough. Like when there's problems out there that just aren't yours. So let's say you love someone with some form of addiction or some form of mental illness or struggle that isn't yours. It's not your burden to bear. And you can, but because you love this person, you want to do everything for them. Or you think, if they just listened to me, if they just followed my advice, or if they just, you know, you get really personal into it. And when shit gets really real, sometimes it's nice to step back and say, okay, I love this person. But I can't let their shit be my shit. (laughs) You know, I'm taking this on and it's not mine. So learning to detach. to, To, you know, you can be there with their shit, holding space for the shit, but not be in the shit. Right. Right. That's difficult. Right. And how much of it is is your within your control and how much of it do you just relinquish Mm -hmm. to that they have to take Mm -hmm. care of that? Yeah, before starting my integrative sustainable movement educator career, uh, I was in the corporate world and I would lose my shit all the time. I'd lose my shit driving sure. to where I needed to go through traffic, you know, all the corporate deadlines. The Jerry Maguire moments you know, where yeah. you're like... <laughs> yeah, my hands would be throwing up. But then, you know, I started to do my yoga practice and I noticed that there started to be more space between each of my losing my shit. And now maybe I'll have a lose my shit moment, you know, maybe four times a year. And so now I'm starting to work on when those moments are coming to let a little steam out and a little Mm -hmm. steam out. So the, you know, the tea kettle doesn't get to whistling. Sure. And, you know, now it's not a daily thing. So I, I look at that as improvement. You know, then when I when you lose your shit, you're you become unkind to yourself. Right. You start to say harsh things. Um, in language that's associated to yourself. But now when I lose my shit, I look at it as an opportunity to grow, an area of darkness to uncover and to shine light into. 
Oh, that's beautiful. I like that too. And I think you can come to those conclusions, again, with just one final tool to think about using to try to handle your Mm -hmm. shit with grace um, is journaling and talk therapy. Mm -hmm. So you can write out all of those ugly things that you want to say or do, or you can say them to someone else, a a friend or a therapist, um, and kind of get those feelings out so that you don't lose your cool or be unkind really you're able to process them yeah I a have little a, bit first. I have a sh- what I call the shitty journal and that's where I say all my unkind nasty whatever I need to get out and sometimes my friends have said you're not angry enough in this moment and I've let them take a peek at my journal and they go oh well maybe you are and I'm <laughs> like so see brave. it's just where it goes and I try to then come up with you know what my other uh, response would be that that allows for space and kindness and to see the flip side of where that person has come from. But I think it's also important for us to identify that we're not supposed to be this even keel kind of happy comfort grace. In fact, we're human beings with a full range of emotions and life is really about finding our way to let them out and to hold space for them all. And mm-hmm. that gets messy at times. No, and it absolutely does. And that's where, you know, I was asking the question, what about when you don't react or respond with grace or kindness? What if it's just the last straw and um, you lose your shit? Mm-hmm. You know, what do you do after that? How do you pick up those pieces and kind of... Uh, <laughs> then it's gracefully <laughs> bowing out backwards, like, sorry about that. What happens then when you're really losing it and growing from there? Like you said, using it as an opportunity to grow. I think it's really important to recognize and if necessary, make amends as soon as possible. It's always important to know that, you know, Words that are spoken can always be taken back. However, if you can as quickly as possible see the error of your ways and apologize and make amends and um, work with the situation as it is, I think that says a lot more about your personal integrity than deciding that you're going to be one of those people that doesn't, you know, I don't apologize. Yeah, reaction <laughs> versus, re- versus response. Right. right. So I think that that's a big part of it too, recognizing that we are human and practice being as compassionate with yourself as you are to those closest with you. So I find, especially with my kids, my stepdaughter, my son, I really do stop and think about what I say a lot more to them than I do with the you know internal dialogue to myself. And it's just like, well, why aren't you just as kind and compassionate to yourself when, you know, in your head? You would never say those horrible things to your child. You'd never be like, get it together, kid. Mm-hmm. <laughs> What's wrong with you? Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, why would you say that to yourself? So kind of yeah. seeing it from that standpoint as well. well. I agree. You know, it's it's oftentimes more difficult to parent ourselves than it is to parent others. But I think when we we look for those moments when we hold a different belief for others, so some, lots of times we'll, I'll find that I hold a belief of of love and kindness for someone else on a particular topic, but then I'll hold myself to a harsher, higher mm-hmm. standard, and that's really unkind to do to me. 
So when I work on those and become aware of where I have those belief systems, I have to realize that I'm worth the same belief, the standard and kindness and love that I extend to others. But I first have to extend that to myself. Sure. Then that comes to taking care of the self first, thinking about the self first. When you're on the airplane and they tell you, you know, make sure that you put your own oxygen mask on in the event of an emergency. Mm-hmm. You're going to put your own oxygen mask on first before helping those around you, whether they're your family or not. That is really key. Like that's key to the grace. That's key to not only how to be graceful when shit gets real, but how to manage things when it's not. You know, taking these steps, going through these, uh, using the tools in your toolbox to be mindful, to take time out, to sit with your emotions. That's where you're taking care of yourself first. Yeah. For me, it's my heart, right? The heart pumps blood to itself first before it puts it other places. And there have been times where I've been under such a great deal of stress that I've even lost the uh, felt sense or of, of my heart beating. And yeah. it's just a reminder for me that, whoa, you know, things are a little too overwhelming and I need to pull back and, you know, find my heart and come from a place of love. Yeah, come into that space. I think there is something to be said about where you feel that in your body. Where you feel love in your body, where you feel connection. And that's usually right there, the heart center. (laughs) So today's resources that we'll have up online include information by Tara Brock, Benet Brown, and um, Judith and Ike Lassiter. We want to hear from you. So what ways have you used to cope with shit when it's gotten <laughs> real when it's happened what ways have you used to positively cope or in what ways when you've used maybe a maladaptive technique have you regained or um, kind of reset and realigned yourself to come back at it again next time a little better share with us on our website through social media Next week, we're going to be talking about pausing in time and living in the present. So we hope you'll join us again. Stick around for uh, or check out the website for some extra content opportunities, which will be coming up soon. And we really appreciate your listenership. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Where the Lotus Grows. Join us in further conversations. We believe that you bring valuable knowledge to this community. You can find us at wherethelotusgrows.com, Where the Lotus Grows on Instagram and Facebook, or Twitter, Where the Lotus G1, because we were not on top of that one. Remember that though we are professionals in our field, the topics discussed and or advice given is general information and not intended to treat or diagnose. Please seek the guidance of a medical, integrative health, bodywork, or yoga therapy professional for a full evaluation. If you like what you hear, please take the time to rate us on iTunes or your preferred podcast platform.